Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. I'm surprised they didn't do the pink. Yes. Do you know the, the pink guitar yeah, he's been playing the for the last the, year? The, 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 the Roxy, yeah. yeah. The thing yeah. that he's been playing as part of his Sob Rock album that has, that's yes. come out. I'm surprised they didn't do a pink version of that. But actually, you know, although I think there may be some sensible op- sensible reasons why they've chosen the colours they did, they're pretty uninspiring. They're ugly. They are. <laughs> the dragon fruit red is probably the only one that feels interesting to me. Greetings and welcome once again to the Guitar Smarts Podcast. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since Paul Reed Smith Guitars released the much-anticipated and highly publicised SE model of the John Mayer signature guitar, the Silver Sky. Now, being John Mayer fans, Kieran and I have been talking about this guitar for some time uh, and we're interested to see what the SE model would be like in comparison to the the core model from the US. Uh, Safe to say, the specs of this new guitar and its apparent performance left us itching to have a good old chat about it so that's exactly what we've done this week to be clear we have not yet had the chance to play either the usa core model or the se version of these guitars so our opinions so far are our own based off what the guitar specs are on paper and from the comments and reviews of those who have reviewed these guitars online we would encourage you as always to make up your own mind on what you think now please remember that if you like what you hear and you enjoy listening to this podcast then why not share it with a friend tell them it's worth a listen and follow us in your favourite podcast app so you never miss a show. Follow the links in our description to find places online where you can buy Guitar Smarts merch, you can contribute to the show or simply leave us a review. And of course, you can find links for our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram too. So come and give us a follow and a like over there as well. Hope you enjoy this week's conversation. Let's get to it. Kieran! How are you doing, mate? You well? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. I'm looking Fantastic. forward to today. I think we both are looking forward to, to a good chat. But uh, yeah, I'm good, mate. It is it's it's crisp and frosty outside, but but equally sunny uh, at the same time. Uh, kids are back in school. Yeah. And yeah, all is good in the world. Yeah, it's one of those beautiful winter days, isn't it, at the moment? I mean, just for the listeners' sake, today is the, what is it, the 14th of January? Friday the 14th? Yeah, Friday the 14th of January, regardless this and um it is a beautiful crisp winter's day sunny outside it was 
absolutely freezing this morning. I did the school run this morning and I had to defrost yeah. the inside of the car as well as the outside of the car. It was that cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's like scraping the inside as well. But never mind. But yeah, it is no, cold. It it's is good cold. though, isn't it? It's kind of, if you, yeah. I like days like this when it's crisp. I'll probably go out for a nice walk later on. Yeah. Um, how's your week been, dude? Has it been good? Yeah, it's been full on. It's, it's kind of second week back to work after Christmas. So like the first week, people were still kind of in holiday mood. Some people had taken extended leave, so it was all quite quiet, and it kind of felt mm. like I was I was I was still on holiday a bit more and just dipping into work. But today it's been been full fully back on with work. But you know that's all that's all good, and um, it pays the bills. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but yeah, it's um, yeah. Other than that, other than that, pretty pretty good, mate. I, I, I can't I can't complain. Um, how's things with you been? You're right. Yeah, good. Been a good week. Um, uh, nothing really much to report. It's just been another week, really. You know, I've been doing a bit of guitar practice this week. Been trying to yeah. write some backing tracks because um, I've been enjoying kind of playing along to things. Because sometimes I, I kind of feel like in my practice, I want to play along to a particular chord mm. sequence or something, mm. and you kind of get a loop going. And then uh, I was thinking, well, what if I kind of because I've got some like drum um, kind of loops and things that I can use. So I was using that to kind of make some tracks. And in the end, I started making some, you know, some like backing tracks. So I'm trying to oh, nice. do a bit more of that because it's good fun. Maybe what we'll do at some point is kind of make them available to kind of Guitar Smarts listeners to download, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But yeah, just been just been doing that. Um, it's been a pretty um, a low-key week, really, for me, in terms of, you know, just plodding along. Um, but there's, there's been a, it's been a big week in the guitar world, hasn't it? This week. <laughs> well, if you, well, for, 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 for some of us, for, for you and me, definitely, it's prompted yeah. a lot of text messages between, between us. Um, yeah, I think this is going to, I think this is going to be definitely an episode that's interesting to people, uh, that are contemplating, uh, a purchase of, of, of a particular instrument that we're going to talk about today. Um, but generally speaking, I think this will be of interest to, to people, even if you're not thinking of putting this because we're, we're going to probably probably debate pros and cons and um you know all, all, all kinds of angles on on this particular topic but yeah you you alerted me to this because i had no idea so j- <laughs> just before christmas during the christmas break you sent me a a, a kind of a, a, an innocuous text that just kind of made me just go oh hmm, what could this be like so do you want to do you want to tell tell the audience what the what the message was that you effectively kind of sent me yeah well it was was about the new PRS Silver Sky SE guitar, mm-hmm. which is actually something that we've we discussed it a long time ago because those the rumours have been around about this guitar for I think the last couple of years really, yeah. and it's finally out. and And there's some really interesting things about this guitar that mm-hmm. I think are worthy of a podcast discussion. That's why we're talking about it today. So this week's discussion is we're, we're talking about the PRS Silver Sky and the PRS Silver Sky SE. What, yeah. what it means, what trying to understand what PRS are doing here, because this isn't like, this isn't like what, they, what they've done before. The Santana model and the Santana SE were about as far apart as you could get, you know. <laughs> I mean, if you buy a Santana PRS core range, core guitar, I mean, you're talking mm. six, seven thousand pounds. Oh, easily. More. I think they, I think they do do a kind of, they have done at least some of the um, American made Santana ones that go for kind of four to five grand, which yeah. are a little bit 
bit le- less ornate, maybe don't have s- some of the kind of um, uh, kind of private stock finishes and stuff like that. But but yeah, yeah, I mean, you are talking about you know anywhere upwards of you know three and a half, four grand, all the way up to like six, seven grand for some of it, the really you know uh, limited run finishes of the Santana PRF. Yeah. And um, the other thing is is just I mean we just we were just kind of a, um, briefly talking about this before we started recording, but I've never seen so much PR around a guitar before, so much um, not just PR but kind of coordinated PR. I mean, it's not even mm. like it's advertised a lot; it's advertised a lot. But this guitar has been put in the hands of every meaningful social media and you know YouTube guitar channel prior to it being released you know i mean everyone yeah. you know um the, yeah. the guy from music is win can't remember his name yeah, yeah. you know andertons have had it all these different people murray spender they've all had this guitar put in their hands beforehand and they've all released videos yeah. on the release day prs's own pr for this has included john mayer himself you know so yeah. they've got the artist's complete buy-in in fact not only have they got the artist's complete buy-in but he's clearly part of the process not just for the core guitar but for this you know far eastern made more affordable more accessible model and then you've got other artists of part of the pr as well so some of the videos that prs have released involve john mayer and people like ariel pausen david ryan Harris, you know, all these different people playing the the guitar. So I've never quite seen anything like it. I mean, it's, it's incredible the effort that's gone into this release, which begs the question... Well, how good is this guitar? You know, is that is that is that PR effort, you know, equal in size to the belief PRS have in the quality of this guitar? Oh, interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions I think about this guitar. So many. I mean, the, the you know, who's it for? Who's this guitar for? Is it is it for people who? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I like it. I think on on balance, I think it's yeah. a fantastic guitar on paper. Um, right. I have issues with it with certain things. I'm sure um, everyone has, but I think this is for people who can't afford the full fat version. Yeah, but I'm quite open th- about that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's also it's also a very competitive guitar in that kind of sub one thousand pound strat style mm-hmm. marketplace, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is man, that's a congested area of the market, you know, the number mm-hmm. of people that mm-hmm. have got three, you know, three single coil guitars in that kind of bolt-on neck style yeah. in that range is huge. So where yeah. does it sit in that marketplace? So, you know, there's, there's some really interesting comments on some really interesting reviews. Um, and it's, I think I want to kind of, this, this week, we're <laughs> going to spend some time kind of disseminating all that information and how I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Cause I, cause right. I know we don't okay. think exactly the same on these things, but, <laughs> But I'm interested to, to hear what you think. So what are your, right. given that you've you've spent some time before today kind of absorbing a lot of the information that's come out about this guitar. Yeah. What are your initial thoughts? Okay, so, um, right, to, to kind of understand where where we've got to today, we, we kind of need to take a little bit of a step backwards, but it touches on a few of the different things you've said already around the PR effort and, um, you know, what, what we're going to make of, of, of this guitar, right? So uh, we need to go back at, what, two or three years now, 2018, I think, right, was when the, the Silver Sky first came yeah. out. And I still remember, as I'm sure you do, the release of this guitar and the controversy 
controversy surrounding it or the the polarizing discussions right that that started to take place and i remember being quite vehemently like disgusted at the release of the prs silver sky and i'm a huge john mayer fan right yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know uh, if he puts his name on something and it's within my abilities to afford it, I'll probably go and buy it. And especially if it's like a guitar, but I haven't bought a silver sky yet, but only because, <laughs> only because, and this is a key point, right? Only because they are bloody difficult to get hold of in the UK, um, at any given time point. They literally sell out the moment the shipments arrive in. Um, and so you can get hold of them and they are stocked in different places, but just for me to be able to go and walk into my regular guitar store and pull one down off the rack and try one hasn't hasn't happened because mm. they're literally coming in and going out the door you know to order so the reason it uh, i was kind of a bit affronted by the release of it was because it came with a really hefty price tag uh you know two two and a half thousand pounds <clears throat> um for what is effectively a bolt-on strat right yeah. and now and we can talk and that's kind of custom shop money uh, if you compare it to what it's designed on which is a vintage fender strat we're talking that's like custom shop money but okay this is a prs renowned mm. for their build quality renowned for their beautiful tone words and renowned for you know producing some really great guitars so you kind of allow some some kind of allowances there and you go well it's john mayer as well it's got his name on it he's co-designed it okay it's going to come with a premium price tag it's it's affordable within within reason you know um it's not completely unobtainable like some of the the murphy lab stuff we've ranted about before but you know i just thought is is this really worth it so i'm still yet to, to 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 play one and go is it worth it but you know a lot of people rave about the silver sky and just go it's just a really good guitar um and you go well great if it's a really good guitar and it works for you then then brilliant but i think the silver sky probably surprised prs in many ways as to how successful they were with it and the fact that it constantly is like being sold out in guitar shops at least here in the uk but i dare say you know across across the globe i think for them that was a that was like a wow moment mm. i don't think they thought they were taking a big risk with john mayer he's a he's you know he's one of the top guitarists in the in, in the world and has been for for you know the last decade or so but they were going up against the fender strat he'd parted with fender they're basically weren't doing the usual prs thing which is these beautiful tone words beautiful tops you know mm. they're kind of classic prs designs they're basically ripping off a fender strat mm. and going well no it's not it's uh it's it's, it's something different is it you know it, it's yeah. not really that different right so so part of so i was kind of disgusted at the kind of just the the kind of i guess uh un- not not the, just the lack of originality around yeah. it uh, John May, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of like really. You're not going to. It was, gonna, un- it was gonna... underwhelming at first, wasn't it? It was underwhelming. It was. I think it was. so much. So much of the difference in that guitar is in details you can't yeah. necessarily see unless you, you you know you have your hands on the instrument. Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. And that is probably why those that have had their hands on it and have played one that do own one go. Mm. This is a really good guitar. John mm. Mayer aside, and how you feel about him. 
and probably if you've purchased one of those, you're a John Mayer fan anyway. But mm-hmm. but the guitar itself, PRS's build quality, all of that kind of stuff thrown in. People go, this is just a brilliant guitar. So let's let's take let's take that as red and let's just go. It's a, it's a brilliant guitar. Um, and so the original discussions around, oh my god, they've just made a strap but put put a PRS headstock on it. I think have probably moved on because people have recognised it's a really lovely guitar that sounds great, plays great, and you know is 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 a, is a cool guitar. And they did some really cool finishes with it, um, some beautiful finishes. You know, the original finishes were all based on, I think, the kind of Tesla car colours, but then they started mm. to do some really funky kind of metallics and, yeah. you know, uh, all of that. So so, so it's kind of, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's evolved. Um, but I still think that Paul Reed Smith and the business machine that sits behind PRS must have just gone, wow. We thought, mm. it, we th- we thought we'd sell a few of these and we thought they'd be in demand and it's John Mayer and all of that. But I, I reckon there is there are guys in PRS just going ka-ching this is brilliant this is a money maker this is absolutely working for us mm-hmm. so when so when we see the SE which was naturally gonna gonna come at some point it's what PRS does there it's absolutely no surprise to me the media storm around it the peer, the press releases around it the videos all of that mm-hmm. one because that's how you that's how you market these days effectively it's mm-hmm. you know it's social media is the key tool to do this so you've got to develop all that collateral and it's not about getting the write-up in the guitar magazines anymore it's about you know getting it into influencers hands and and getting the word out there and getting them raving about it but moreover than that these guys are going to want to shift the units and units of these because i i think this has taken prs as a company to another level Mm -hmm. of exposure and top of mind awareness and you know they've always been a big player but now this starts to put them into the kind of you know fender gibson kind of notoriety levels with their with the volumes that they're probably selling of these guitars and intend to sell so i think they're like yeah absolutely chuck the marketing budget at this wholeheartedly because we are going to sell a boatload of these um very easily well it's, it's almost kind of you can imagine it being the one guitar that they do in their entire range that basically pays for the running of the company almost you know right yeah right. It- <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly. incredible. I, and I, I know what you mean. But the, the Silver Sky, when it first came out, the core model, the US model, I was underwhelmed. I, I remember seeing so many comments on social media of people saying, oh, so John Mayer left Fender to go to PRS and PRS have made him a Fender. You know, there's so many disparaging <laughs> yeah. comments about yeah. that guitar. And I, I think yeah. I may have partook in that slightly because, yeah. you know, at face yeah. value, you know, it was hard to really kind of take the differences in that guitar seriously against the strat you know i mean exactly they they you know fender must be kicking themselves i mean I'm sure if Fender could go back five years and, you know, because my understanding from, I mean, I'm sure nobody really knows the answer, but my understanding is that John Mayer wanted to have this relationship with Fender and Fender, mm. I don't think, were willing to have such an open conversation with John Mayer about the kind of guitars he wanted to play and wanted, mm. you know, his signature instrument to be, because obviously he had a Fender signature Strat. He did. Beautiful he guitar. You know, which was yeah, a fantastic Strat. Um, you know, 60s style thing, big dipper pickups, I think, were mm-hmm. in, you know, that kind of, mm-hmm. it was almost like a modern SRV kind of yeah, thing exactly. he had going on. Um, and, you know, he's still renowned for playing some of those 
strats that he has, you know, mm-hmm. the, the black one mm-hmm. and and whatnot. So to then, I think he'd already had a relationship with Paul Reed Smith around that point because Paul Reed Smith was making him those Eagle guitars for. Do you remember that? I was gonna, I was yeah. going to say they, this wasn't the first collaboration. It's not the first. No, exactly. Yeah, that That's, was a, and that was a monstrosity. To be fair, no, it wasn't. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was literally the the from from a very stripped down vintage style SSS Strat to I'm going to go work with Paul Smith and um, and create a guitar. And I think a lot of I think that guitar was predominantly used for the for the uh, Grateful Dead uh, gigs yeah. that he was doing. So it needed to have a bit more versatility and and yeah. uh, to- tonal options in it. But I mean, it reminded me of yes, it looked PRS esque, mm. but it, it reminded me of when um, I was a kid and I used to draw like sports cars. And, yeah, but. It would be like a sports car with like 17 machine guns on it mm. and like uh, sirens and like fireworks yeah. popping out of it. It was just, it was just like exactly. a guitar taken to, to the extremes. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. and it cost like 10, 10 grand or something. Didn't it was, it? I the, think, uh, yeah, I think you could, I think they did limited runs of those modern eagles you could buy, which, modern, which was, yeah, um, like 10,000 pounds or something. And, he, and to yeah. be fair, Mayer's always played PRS guitars. His go to has always been a strap, but he's always played PRSs. Mm-hmm. If you go back to sometime around between heavier things and continuum album times. So right. Around the time he was doing the trio stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, it would have been before he did the trio because he did a song with Herbie Hancock called Stitched Up on one okay. of Herbie Hancock's records. And it would have been early to mid 2000s before he did the trio because I think that's where he met Steve Jordan on the right. Herbie Hancock um, sessions. Um, and Steve Jordan obviously went on to be in the trio. Mm-hmm. And that song that he did with Herbie Hancock stitched up is a really great track, funky mm-hmm. kind of jazz thing. Uh, and he played, you know, in, in the videos for the sessions, he's playing PRS guitars there. Oh, cool. So, you know, he's, I think he's, he's, uh, he's played PRS his whole career, but they've never mm-hmm. been his core mm-hmm. guitars. Yeah. So it's really, in, it's been really interesting to see that relationship build from yeah. a fracture in his relationship with Fender, it seems. Right. You know, so, but anyway, so that that's kind of the origin story of these guitars, right? You know, I yeah. I, th- I think I feel the same way about you as, uh, uh, of, of you know, these guitars. But shall we talk about the, the specs yeah, of, the, of the guitars? Right. absolutely. Because there are some differences in these, obviously. I mean, there's what, there's, a, there's about a $1,500 delta between <laughs> these two ranges of guitars, right? Yeah. There's going to be a difference um, between them. And it's not actually that big it's a specification not. difference, is it? There's some key things which, are, for me, are, uh, are worthy of discussion in terms of difference. But I think, all in all, they're, they're pretty similar guitars, right? They are. They are. And I think, you know what? I think, actually... After my initial perhaps disappointment on maybe some of the color finishes, which we'll which we'll talk about as well, mm-hmm. I think actually this is a pretty good incarnation of the Silver Sky, the SE. I think they've done pretty well, and, and look, they, they make no bones about what the SE range is. Mm-hmm. I mean, SE, SE guitars from PRS are brilliant, right? They're used by people that want that PRS quality because you mm-hmm. still get it in the yeah. in the SE models for sure. Um, uh, but it's used by pro players as well. I mean, we've we've had uh, pro guitarists on the podcast that use the SE guitar. Yeah. 
um, not the American core range. And that's because the SE guitars are really good guitars. We're not talking about a budget guitar, by the way. We're still talking about a guitar that retails, you know, uh, for eight to uh, eight to nine hundred, you know, bucks. Mm. So it's 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 still a it's still a fair wedge of cash. So the SE is designed to be more accessible, and by that um, we mean cheaper, um, which allows it to be more affordable for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to do that on the SE versus the core range uh, Silver Sky, I don't think they've made that many compromises. There's there are a few tweaks. Well, I think I think what they've done is they've made the compromises in the right areas, haven't they? You know, yeah. They've like you, you know. Well, let's get straight to it. They've clearly made compromises in color choices. Right? Yeah, but why? Because that's not that's not big compromise. That's there's, right. there shouldn't be a compromise to be had there. It's a color. Yeah, but I think it's leaving the door open to yeah. limited edition colors, right? Because yeah. put it this yeah. way: core, what is the core price? What is the price for a core US Silver Sky? It's about two thousand two and a half thousand dollars, right? Right. Exactly. So for the limited edition colors that they mm-hmm. did recently, so like those color flip, yeah, like yeah, the nebula, stuff, yeah, <laughs> that's about a thousand dollars extra. Is right? it? I didn't know yeah, there was yeah, a premium yeah. so, on that. Okay. So, that, so there was a premium on those limited edition colors that they did, right? Um, so I wonder if they're leaving the door open here for Probably. limited edition colors on the SE as well. It maybe pushes yeah. it slightly over a grand, um, but hey, you're getting something limited edition. I'm surprised they didn't do the pink. Yes. Do you know the, the pink guitar yeah. has been playing. The rock- the thing yeah. that he's been playing as part of his sub rock album that has, has yes. come out. I'm surprised they didn't do a pink version of that. That's the So Same. I'm really surprised. But actually, you know, although I think there may be some sensible options, sensible reasons why they've chosen the colours they did, they're pretty uninspiring. They're ugly. They are. <laughs> the dragon fruit red is probably the only one that feels interesting to me. But other than that, yeah. Uh, the, you know, the, the classic white or the yellow one that they've done is probably the only one I, I would stomach. Yeah. The other two, the other two colours you can get for me feel, yeah. oh, just a little bit flat. And I, I and it's, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit disappointing. I feel a little bit disappointed in the colours. I do. I do massively. I, I was kind of like, oh, no, I'm not going to get one of those. The, the colour doesn't do anything for me, right? So I wanted a, a Roxy pink one to feature in the range. Yeah. Uh, like you, I wanted the tungsten or a grey version, some some sort of grey Yeah, like a gunmetal almost. You know. Like a gunmetal. Yeah. Like, to, to replicate the tungsten one that's pewter, in the core. Maybe. Like, pewter, like, the, like oh. the Clapton signature pewter that nice. you can get. That's, that's a fantastic colour, something like that. A black one would have yeah. been great. Um, yeah. And, you know, okay, maybe, maybe keep the... Um, I would have kept the stone blue one, which isn't too bad. If I if I was pushed to buy one, yeah, um, I, it would probably be the stone blue. Um, but I, but I still don't think it's a particularly attractive attractive color. So yeah, I think they got the colors wrong. Really, mm. uh, they they could have, and this wouldn't have affected price, right? A tint is a tint. When I'm not asking them to to make it nitrocellulose, no. it's just it's just a different color of of poly um, is, yeah. urethane. So I'm I'll be I'll be interested to see how successful they are with with these colors. But um, they don't they don't. Do anything for me that's and that's what i mean that has to be something to do with cost saving because i know you're saying that it doesn't really change the cost but to introduce new colors into a factory that's already producing guitars for prrs must have some kind of cost implication mm, and i wonder maybe, if they're using maybe. colors that are already available over there in indonesia where they're making these guitars right so so yeah i'm slightly kind of disappointed in in the colors but i think i think i think they're leaving the door open for something else in the future 
Because yeah. that's classic. Yeah. That's also very much a John Mayer thing. He's very much always, he did that with his Fender signature instruments. They had new colours and new designs. And I think when his Battle Studies album came out, there was a Battle Studies version of the signature Strat that you mm-hmm. could get. So he's very much a product man. And I think he's going to continue to kind of influence that product. Mm. You know, so maybe there'll be like a generation two version of it that, you know, that'll come out over the coming years as he releases new materials. Material and the SE is going to be privy to those changes, you know, those ideas that he has. I'm hoping at least, because if it really is just those four colours for now, you know, that's a little bit disappointing. I'm sure you're right, Matt, because that is, again, you know, marketing 101. And it's certainly what we've seen from the Core Silver Sky range is, in fact, we've seen some other changes to the Core Silver Sky since the 2018 release in mm-hmm. terms of um, slight tweaks to the to the pickups, in mm-hmm. terms of sound, slight changes to the neck carve as well mm-hmm. has evolved over time. So we've seen some more uh, little changes to, other than colours to the Core Silver Sky range. So um, that probably won't happen with the SE. That'll that'll stay in terms of you know the main specs of the guitar. But I I, I dare say that the colours will will continue to evolve and change because it's you know colours come and go with fashion and yeah other other things. Right. So all right, well, I think we've probably discussed the colours enough. It's a subjective so. thing. That, yeah. That's prob- <laughs> that's probably the most subjective thing, isn't it? I, I think mean, so. I and probably so. and arguably the is it the least important aspect of, of yeah, these guitars. Yeah, it entirely is. <laughs> it definitely is the least important thing, because you can just close your eyes and imagine <laughs> any other colour you want. <laughs> what, it, what really matters is, is, uh, is, I guess, the feel and the sound. Here I am interrupting this fascinating conversation about the new PRS SE Silver Sky. However, if you've listened this far, you should probably subscribe, follow or like this podcast in your preferred podcast app. That way you never miss another show. You can even do that now while you listen to the show. I'll wait here while you do it. Done it? Okay, let's get back to it. But the last sure. thing I wanted to just talk about in terms of specification difference. Oh, we, let's is, talk the specs for sure. Yeah, yeah, is is the 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 wood choice? You know, in yes. the body. So the the original is is the core line is older. And this it? one is a poplar body. Yes, it's a slightly yeah. different wood choice. Poplars, I think, the slightly lighter wood. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess there'll be questions asked about that. You know, why is there a different tone wood used? Mm. Uh, but I don't understand tone woods that well. And from the short amount of research I've done, poplars still. Um, it's a cheaper choice for sure, yeah. but it's still a very good wood. I mean, from what I can understand, there's still some very high-end guitars that use Poplar. Um, Music Man, for example, apparently the Steve Morse signature guitar, which is a very, very high-end guitar, is a Poplar body as well. Um, yeah. So I guess it's just down to to player preference. And one thing that I did realise after doing some research is, um, obviously, a lot of vintage Fender guitars use Swamp Ash and Alder for mm-hmm. quite a long time. They do. So those woods are revered as being vintage instruments. But from what I understand, the reason for those choices is because alder and swamp ash, they they, they grow very quickly in swamplands and, and wetlands down in the south of 
of the US in Mississippi. Mm. So originally when Fender were making these guitars, that was one of the cheapest woods they could get hold mm-hmm. of because it was oh, yeah. in abundance in, yeah, yeah. you know, in the deltas of the USA. So it wasn't particularly a tone wood choice from Leo Fender no. to choose something correct. It was cheap materials no. at the time. It, it was, exactly. Exactly. Now it's not cheap. Now it's a, a scarce material. It's it's considered expensive tone wood. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, I think if, if you're thinking, well, it's not older and I want the tone wood, you maybe just remember remember that Alder was never chosen as a tone wood in the first place when these instruments were starting to be made. It was a cheap material. Um, Correct. And poplar is a cheaper material now. So maybe in 50 years' time, poplar <laughs> will be uh, considered a, a scarce tone wood. I don't know. But I, I, I think some people may mention the tone wood as something that's, that's of, of great variation. But... Um, I don't think it's that important. As well, as well, they, as well, they should. It is, it is a difference that will impart a slightly different character to the strap. Mm. Um, it's, I mean, that, that switch that Fender made from Swamp Ash to Older was based on availability. It was also based on weight. The Swamp Ash ones were quite heavy, so when they started to make that switch over to Older in like the fifties, sixties mm. guitars, you know, players then liked the older ones because they felt they, they, you know, had a, still a nice tone to them. Um, but um, they were lighter as well. I mean, you play mm-hmm. some of those, those Swamp Ash ones, they're, they're pretty heavy. Uh, yeah, Poplar's a good word, but I mean, I don't, I, I mean, these guitars <clears throat> are made in different countries, right? So the yep. the core range are made in the US, the um, SEs are made out of a dedicated factory in Indonesia. And I've seen some beautiful Indonesian guitars in recent years where you just go, wow, this the, the core factory, as we've discussed before, yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm sure the SE factory is a, is a shoot off of the of the, the huge court uh, operation that, yeah. that sits out there in Indonesia there's some, some great you know guitars being made out of Indonesia um, so it's no surprise PRS are basing their um, their Far Eastern manufacturing out there so you know those are the differences so maybe it's a, maybe the tone wood choice is based on availability of, of woods in Indonesia what's there what's sitting on the palette what they've already got use of Poplar has been used for strap uh, you know S style guitars very successfully it is slightly cheaper but uh, but to be honest older isn't particularly expensive um, so mm. but it is a difference so there you go maybe that is one of that they've got to bring it in at a slightly um better uh, they've got to bring it in at a better price point and it's it's a very slight compromise to switch to popular that i don't think will make a huge a huge difference it will make a small difference yeah absolutely so some of the other differences i think as well is just i think it's mainly aesthetic truss rod cover being slightly different mm-hmm. fret the fretboard has a different radius uh-huh. well here's the sort of thing right so so i was wondering whether or not part of the cost saving is and this is purely speculation right i don't know right. if this is going to be true but it's just a thought that occurred to my mind so the truss rod cover is different the nut is different not only is it a synthetic nut rather than a bone nut which i think is acceptable yeah. mm-hmm. but it's an entirely different nut design it's more like a les paul nut that sits butted up against the top of the fretboard wood mm-hmm. itself rather than slotted into the fretboard like a bone nut would be on a strat and yeah. how it is you know so it's a slightly different nut design and it has a different radius and it has a different finish. So it's a yeah. satin finish rather than a nitrocellulose finish that the core model has. Which makes me wonder whether or not part of the cost saving is they're using available neck designs and neck blanks that Court make in their factory already. So they're not retooling for anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're really just doing is just recutting the headstock shape to meet what they need. So do you understand what I'm saying? So, the, yeah. so there's nothing, you know, that's probably a neck that you might get on 
on any other guitar from any other manufacturer or court or whoever court make for. And the all they're doing is cutting the PRS shape into it. Um, and that's one of the ways they're saving money. Um, but I'm interested to get your thoughts on the on what the difference in the fretboard radius really means to a player. Sure. So, so all of those things that you've mentioned from a specifications difference are all uh, going to drive down the manufacturing cost based mm-hmm. on time ta- based on time mm-hmm. um, because to slot a nut mm-hmm. in, a, in a neck uh, is, is is much more exact and time consuming than to just butt it up against the the, the top rather okay. than having a uh, having a slot I mean it may well be that I mean they're, they're very, in the, in those factories in Indonesia they will be able to CNC necks mm-hmm. you know to, to whatever spec they need it may well be that these necks are you know coming off a run that supplies other guitars and other manufacturers um but i don't i don't think it's too much of an issue for them just to do a slot in uh cnc versus just a a cut off at the top so the nut butts up against it what is more time consuming whether you're using synthetic bone or real bone and that i think is I don't know if that's a difference between the between the two of them. The yes. SE is a synthetic. The SE is a synthetic so, bone. It's not just yeah. a, not just a plastic. It, it's I think it's specified as a synthetic bone material. Yeah. So it's probably like a what are they called? Um, plex? Not plex. That's a setup. Tusk. tusk. Like, like a tusk or a, or a graph tech <laughs> type it, thing. Yeah, or, or true or true bone is another yeah. one. But to shape that and get it to shape nicely and slot into the nut slot really nicely. Yes, you can do that by machine potentially, mm-hmm. but um, there's an element of hand finishing that will need to be done as well to make sure that that fits really nicely into the slot and and so that's just time it's just I mean it's just which so much cost. easier yeah which is cost yeah. which is cost right so that 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 makes perfect sense to me as to why the the nut sits differently in, in the neck on those it's it's just a pure artifact of being a volume being able to how many can you produce mm-hmm. in an hour doing mm-hmm. it one way versus the other um, so that that makes sense uh, the nitro difference versus poly that again is a is a manufacturing uh, expense. So nitrocellulose needs to be applied. Mm-hmm. Nice thin layers. It's a more time-consuming process. It's it's not. It's a. It, there's an art to nitrocellulose finishing. Um, more volatile material as well. I'm sure. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, polyurethane. Much more durable, yeah. Easy to easy to apply on there. Um, easy to then buff and finish. It, it affects the whole the whole process. There's there's no way they would put a nitrocellulose on a on an SE. It's just not cost effective mm-hmm. to do so. So that again, that's that's an easier explanation. The fretboard radius one. This one this one annoys me a little bit. Really? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, because this mm, right. So let me tell you why it annoys me. Right. So when the Silver Sky came out, it had a somewhat controversial seven point two five inch radius on it. Why is why it, is that controversial? Well, because that's uber vintage. It's uber vintage, right? Yeah. So 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 it's not controversial from that perspective because Mayer quite likes the old vintage strap yeah. vibe thing. But it's quite controversial because the the generalization and general kind of um, accepted wisdom in inverted commas is that that curvature on a Strat or indeed any guitar is going to make it more difficult to lower the action and get a really nice low action without fret buzz going on because 
because they're because it's an exaggerated or it's a it's a vintage style cutter versus what all modern strats have which is like a nine and a half inch radius all the way up to kind of like a les paul or or you know radius which is like flatter at like a 12 and then you get into kind of ibanez's which have like a 14 all of these are becoming flatter and flatter and flatter and the benefit of that is, is you can drop the action and get a get a really nice smoother playing fast fast neck on it so for most players you go oh 7.25 okay that's going to be more tricky to set up and get a nice low playing action and in Intuitively, it mm-hmm. it would have been because the the silver sky was always supposed to be this a vintage vibe, but with modern appointments to it, right? Mm-hmm. With certain modern like tweaks to it. Mm-hmm. So I would I would have thought they would have gone for a nine point five radius, but anyway, they didn't. They went for seven point two five. And Paul Reed Smith himself was very keen to point out that people telling you you can't get a really nice low action on a seven point two five and it will choke out. But you know, we here at PRS, we know how to do our fret work. We know how to <laughs> properly set up a guitar, and we yeah. have made the Silver Sky play beautifully low we have spent the time on the fret work to ensure that it gives you the comfort and vintage feel but you can get a super low fast playing neck on it and and i bought into all of that and went cool nice (laughs) good job guys that's that's it that's that's awesome right okay so with with that in mind you then go to the silver sky se and one of the first things i was like if they kept the seven point uh, oh, really? so that was a, that was a big thing on your list of yeah for, for sure because again it means as a manufacturing efficiency it would have been very easy for them to to go now we're going to go for a nine and a half on this one and it's just easier because it's less time intensive to to get the fret work right to get the action load to get it playing right blah 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 but they've gone for a they've gone for a, what is it an eight is it, it 8.5 so 8.5 not massively different it's not massively different it's kind of halfway between a, a vintage and a, and a modern yeah so you kind of go wow they really have looked at all of the different angles just to save cost here uh, and i'm probably in the right way i guess i don't know uh so it's still going to have a vintagey feel to it because it's not quite the modern radius but it means they've had to spend le- this is the bit that worries me is they've had to spend less time and attention on the fret work to get this to play as well so i'd be interested to see what the fret work and finish is like on these se mm. guitars but yeah it's a shame it's a shame they didn't keep with that original ethos of we've got a really vintage feel neck here but we've set it up and we've given we put the attention into the fretwork to make it play nice and low okay okay um, that's in, that's an interesting point i hadn't thought about that because i've been trying to rack my brains about why that difference i mean i've got it in my notes here is the fretboard radius difference important i i don't know the answer to that question because i guess it's a matter of taste but the point of these guitars is one of them is meant to be a more accessible version to the mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. so which differences make it a different guitar in which what what things make it less of a representation of of the real guitar and i don't know if fretboard radius is important but one of the things that occurs occurs to me is you, you said Paul Reed Smith said about the core guitar don't worry about the radius we know how to do our fretwork and set things up correctly yeah. do you think that they're making some kind of rightly or wrongly some kind of assumption that because these guitars are more accessible they're going to end up in the hands of people that won't maintain them as well possibly and therefore they're easier then to, uh, to to keep the a better playing experience over time if the fretboard radius is slightly flatter I'm speculating but I, I, I 
I, I, see, this is why this is why I love talking to you because you're just an all round decent human being <laughs> that believes a big corporate company gives a damn about what happens to that guitar once it's left their shop yeah. and and is in the hands of the punter who, who, whose cash they've taken. My my cold hearted, cynical corporate mind goes. <laughs> Basically, just make it eight and a half. It will still feel roughly like a like a vintage vibe, so that people won't complain too much and go and and go. Well, it doesn't feel anything like yeah. a like a core silver sky. But what it will mean is we we don't have to pay as much attention in Indonesia to the quality of the fret work and the setup yeah. because the guys in Indonesia again will be able to get the job done quicker when they're making it. Yeah. They won't have to agonize on the setup in the same way that the guys in the US factories will will have to do. Um, my, the guy in, in my local guitar shop told me that a lot of SE guitars um, in their kind of life cycle actually go from Indonesia to US for a quality control check before they're then shipped yes. worldwide for distribution. Yeah, I'd heard that too. Um, which then plays more to your um, humanitarian theory <laughs> that uh, actually, you know, it's not all about just chucking these through as quickly as you can and getting them out there and making the job easier for the guys in Indonesia. Because that, that that shows a level of, of due diligence and care, doesn't it? That they mm-hmm. they get most of it made in Indonesia because it's cheaper and, and and what have you. Yeah. But then they still won't let it go out of the door without the the, the proper US quality control check on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know who knows. But going to the point that you said, which is which of the specs will make the bigger difference? I think mm-hmm. that's one that they should have kept the same. You think? Okay. I think I think they should have gone. No, it, we we made a bold decision to go for a seven point two five on the silver sky mm. that is one of the core things that we should keep yeah now that and, and i think you're right in saying logic would suggest that nine and a half was the was the next kind of um radius that that is kind of standard to go for it just mm-hmm. seemed to me like eight and a half is them trying to find a compromise yeah between the original and what is cost effective to produce that's exactly it and we can't you know it can't lose sight of the fact that this is meant to be this is built to a price it yeah. clearly is built to a price whilst trying to maintain the the best parts of the experience of the main mm. guitar and i think that is that's what we have to talk about next right i've watched some of the reviews of this guitar um and i'm sure you have too and regardless of the differences in spec the overall um feeling i'm getting is that these guitars sound the same right have you seen murray spender's review i haven't i've uh, i watched one on um, Anderton's where the guys felt that there was a difference or at least actually the people in, writing in the comment section felt there was a was a difference between the two but not not a bad difference just a no. difference um, but what what was Mary Spender's so, video so her uh, video is she's she's playing a tune um, mm-hmm. side by side so she's got this she's done it done it perfectly you know re- credit to her because this is this is exactly how I would want to listen and see a comparison between Mm-hmm. the core guitar and the SE. Yeah. So she's playing a song and she's splitting, you know, the song as she's playing, it's going from left to right, SE, okay. core line guitar. There's no there's no moments of change between the two guitars, like now listen to this or anything like that. She's just obviously recorded um, a track of just the guitar um, on both guitars. And what she's doing is she's mixing one in and one out. And I, and I honestly, I cannot hear a difference 
I can't hear a difference between the two mm. guitars. Cool. They've got more or less the same pickups, right? It's, they're not exactly the same pickups. One of them is the JM65 something, and the other one is the yeah. JM65 something S, you know, in yeah. the SE. So there's obviously a slight difference. But, you know, you've got to give praise to PRS here and say, you've, you've, you've clearly hit the nail on the head in what you were trying to do. You've, you've made a guitar that looks like the Coreline model. It probably doesn't feel exactly like it, but actually, credit to Murray Spender again. She said she preferred the feel of the SE wow. compared to her three and a half thousand pounds which she nebula, does have, yeah. Yeah. you know core silver sky she actually said Do you know what I prefer the neck on the SE feels better personal preference obviously some people will prefer the more expensive one I would prefer the more expensive one because I'd paid my money for it I <laughs> if I spent three and a half thousand pounds on a guitar I would prefer it but um but I can understand her point but the the thing as well I, I thought is why is it that so many people say these sound the same? And I, and I kind of thought, is it because the people involved in the development of these guitars, like Paul Reed Smith and John Mayer, these are people with long and varied experience playing high-end vintage and new and modern mm-hmm. guitars. Mm-hmm. Are they privy to hearing things, you know, and feeling things in detail that we just aren't? And do you think that they have experienced a difference in these guitars that most people won't? Are they aware of that? Yeah, I don't I feel that's quite an abstract question to ask, but it was a thought I had. I was kind of like a PRS proving a point that they didn't intend to almost, which is that they can produce something almost as good as what they do in the US elsewhere in the world for a lot less money. Uh, are there going to be people going out trying these SE guitars who own the core model going, I can't tell the difference. It worries mm-hmm. me that I can't tell the difference here between these two guitars. Have PRS made the experience too close between Ooh. the SE? Do you know what, I think that's the question I'm asking. Is Are they too close? No. Oh, this Oh, that's a really juicy question. See, I, I, I would look, I look at it slightly differently and I go, okay, you've come clean. You've come clean with the SE. It's a more honest uh, presentation of what the John Mayer signature should be. Because yeah. two and a half grand for a factory produced, non-custom shop, albeit PRS quality instrument, is too much money. It's a Strat. It's a, it's a bolt-on neck Strat. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? The SE, made out of the Indonesian factory, where they make some really nice guitars, lo and behold, has, has under PRS light, obviously and John Mayer influence created a much more affordable you know what is it a third of the price of the of the actual Silver Sky and lo and behold it sounds nearly identical if not identical mm-hmm. well that just goes to show you that, it, that it's you're paying for the name and the PR around the US version Silver Sky yeah. because at the end of the day it's just a bolt-on strap with his his kind of uh you know, custom wound pickups in it, which affects, you know, is going to affect the tone. But the, the pickups on the SE are reverse engineered in Indonesia from the John Mayer ones on the on his core guitar, which are wound in the US by PRS. So all, all they've done is basically gone, well, here, here's our US pickup that we make and hand wind, wind ourselves. Here's the John Mayer ones. In the Indonesian factory, they've just taken them apart and built them exactly this in the same way, but with the Indonesian materials. So mm-hmm. lo and behold, it sounds exactly the same. 
So, and then they charge 800, 900 bucks for it. For me, apart from the colors, you know, if I was, if, if I was to buy a silver sky, I've, ch- I've changed my mind. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be the US version because I don't think it's worth the money. Um, I think I the SE is, I think the SE is, you know, once they've sort the colors out, it's, it's every bit as good a guitar. And that's, I, do you know, and I've said in the past that I did think this, the, the silver sky was worth the money because of, the superlative, you know, quality control of mm. PRS. I mean, I don't think anybody does quality control from a, a large scale manufacturer point of view than, than PRS does. That's what, that's mm. the thing that mm. they've prized themselves on more than anything. Mm. That's the thing that they say has got them where they are is that they have to, you know, you can't compete in terms of design in, in some ways with the companies. You have to compete in terms of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always kind of held, well, it must be just a better quality instrument. I think, like I said, I think they're proving something maybe they didn't intend to prove, which is there's less value in, in the core line guitars than maybe yeah. people thought there was. But I yeah. also think what we sh- what should be said is, I hope people take Far Eastern manufacturer of guitars on the whole, especially from people like Court and and such. I think they should be taken more seriously than they have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they make guitars that are worthy of being you know stood up against U.S. and Japanese manufacture. Now I think yeah. it's clear they're proving a point now. Court are proving a point for that part of the world that says, hey, we can do it with the big boys you don't have to come to us now to manufacture Mm. your cheaper guitars Mm. we can do good stuff you know Mm. we should be taken more seriously i think you know i think i think this proves a point for far eastern guitars more than it does for anything else yeah yeah the last thing i wanted to talk about is alternatives right we've spoken mostly now about (laughs) when we said at the beginning who's this for and we said people who can't afford the full fat silver sky right we also said it's also people who are on the market for a good quality sub one thousand dollar strat type guitar okay and actually i think um the alternatives in the same price range stand up pretty well against this guitar i did think originally this is going to be the best strat style guitar on the market at around a thousand dollars now just you watch kind of that was my first response yeah and after looking at what's on the market, you know what? I'm not so sure. I still think there's mm-hmm. better guitars. I still think there's better guitars for, for the same money. And I, in particularly from Fender, um, and you know, going, looking around online, the, the Player Plus, the Fender Player Plus strap mm-hmm. is a pretty much the same price, about $850 at £850, something like that. And that is a, a well-specced guitar. It's not made in the US. It's still made, I think, in Mexico, I think, because mm-hmm. if it's a player strat, I think they're Mexican yeah. of origin. Um, but you're talking an older body, you know, 12-inch, more modern fingerboard radius, um, noiseless Fender pickups. It's got some advanced switching options as well, you know, push-pull pot, which will add the net pickup to, you know, your your other pickup positions so you can get some more telly-style tones. It's got locking tuners which was another spec difference between the SE and the full fat Silver Sky, right? No locking tunes on the SE. Um, It's got a modern two-point trim system. It comes with a gig Mm. bag. So for 850 quid, you're getting a really good Strat, something I think stands up well. But more importantly, it has some superb colours, really, really great colours. I don't know if you've seen them, you can get those kind of actually almost like a PRS-style fade where it'll go from like a dark blue to light blue. Yeah, Uh, Same with that orange to yellow got some really interesting colours. So I would say, if you're disappointed in the colours of these SE Silver Sky guitars, have a look at the Fender um, Player Plus range of guitars, because they've got some really cool colours. And it's 
effectively similar kind of guitar, right? You can get you know, maple and rosewood neck versions of those. Um, but what about you? If you were looking at this, if you were going to spend about a grand just under on a Strat style guitar, and you know you wanted an alternative to that SE Silver Sky, what would you look at? I'd um, I'd look at the guitar that the SE was actually originally based on, which is a Fender Strat. <laughs> 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 because that's what it is, right? Because that's what it is, that's what right? It is. I mean, this this debate, this 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 argument. Uh, I've kind of uh, I was doing I was doing the same as you, mate, and um, which I was looking at alternatives and trying to to, to weigh up how much guitar you get for your money, right? Mm-hmm. So when you do that comparison, um, when the with the original Coreline Silver Sky, and you go two and a half grand, that's like Fender Custom Shop money, or maybe just short of Fender Custom Shop money. But if you look at the look at what you're getting in the guitar as a Silver Sky, if you put John, take John Mayer's name off of it for a moment, and also remove from the fact that you might be a massive PRS fanboy, right? Put those things in a box and you just go, okay, what, how, how much guitar am I getting for my money? Basically, you go you go and get a Fender American Deluxe or Ultra Strat and you can buy two of those for the cost of one Silver Sky, okay? And you, mm-hmm. you, you are therefore, if you want to go and get a US-made American Strat, you can basically buy two of them for the same price of a Silver yeah. Sky. So, yeah. and, and you're not compromising on any of the appointments, any of the sound, any of the playability, yeah. any of the setup. It's just PRS as a manufacturer with John Mayer's endorsement are selling this guitar at this price, which is quite a big premium to the to the to the alternative from Fender. So then you do that with the SE, and as, as we've done, and go well, if, would I spend my eight hundred nine nine hundred bucks on the SE versus another Fender? And you go exactly to your point, mate. You can get more guitar for your money um, by going to Fender. Yeah, it's, just, it's as simple as that. So I think we have to just accept on face value that the, the PRS Silver Skies, be it in core model form or SE in form do not represent the best value for money no. if you are looking for a for, for a guitar. Does that mean those guitars aren't good or that they're not cool or that they're not desirable? Absolutely not. They're flying off the shelves. Right. So you know uh mm. pick pick your pick your pick your guitar and, and go for it and spend your money as as, as your heart dictates. But yeah. I don't know. I kind of gave up on the battle of trying to compare and contrast and offer people better value for money because I think it yeah. I think it's glaring I think it's glaringly obvious that these guitars don't represent the best value for money. So it then begs the question that you raise, which is who are they for? Yeah, it's for... <laughs> it's the, these these guitars are for John Mayer fans. There you go. They? They're for John Mayer fans. They're for there John Mayer fans. And I think people may look at them and find them uh, as as a guitar that speaks to them, um, whether they're John Mayer fans or not. But I think for the most part, if you are a you know if you're an, if you're a, a, a on the market for a guitar now at that money and you want a Strat style guitar, you're probably going to find you, well you, you are going to find better value in a Strat mm. in a Fender, you know, Origin guitar. I think part of the problem here as well is you don't have, I, I think PRS probably wanted to put, they probably wanted to sell the SE for more than they're selling it for. Do you think? Yeah, I think because Whoa. $850 is around the same price point as some of the normal non-signature SE guitars. You know, you don't but have to spend, But they're beautiful though. Yeah, they they're are stunning. absolutely stunning, but that's, but that's a core SE guitar. Yeah. Now you've got John Mayer's name on it. You, they yeah. could have gone $1,000, I think. They 
they could have sold it around think? a thousand, eleven hundred, wow. and they still then they could have said we're about half the price of the right. US model, but still less is, than less than half. Yeah. Exactly. The problem is now they're more expensive than the Fender non-US origin guitars, and yes. they're very close to the Fender US origin guitars. So yes. then you really struggle with the value proposition of should I buy a US origin Fender or a non-US right. origin PRS that isn't the full fat version? It, you could some people will even quite disparagingly and wrongly say, well, it's PRS's Squire. Why would you buy that? Why would you spend that much money on it? So I think there was a ceiling. There was always a ceiling on how much PRS could charge for a non-US origin Strat style guitar. Uh, I, I, your logic is really sound, mate. Yeah. Really I, sound. I, I hope... <laughs> Thank you. And and I think that that, that's part of the problem, right, is they're selling it for as much as they can sell it. The market... The market dictates the price, right? You can only dictate your cost. And I think the market dictates that they can't really sell these guitars for more than they are. The fact that they've managed to pack so much in at that price is great. But again, it really does leave the buyer with, well, I have to be a massive John Mayer fanboy or girl, you know, to, to want to get that guitar. Because at that money, there really is there really is too much on the market other than that guitar that is better value. See, I agree with you. I still think it's too much money for what mm. it is. And does that is that snobby because it's made in Indonesia? Yeah, mm. probably. But it but it is because for you know, I mean I found some some US made strats in the in the January sale going for the same price, eight, nine hundred yeah. pounds. But you know, if we look at recommended retail price, spend two hundred pounds more and get and you could get a US made strat. So mm. and you know, we're not talking about too much more money. So I think the people that are then having to make that decision will will, will still be John Mayer fans where they go no it's worth it because I'm a John Mayer fan yeah. because because if you then compare it to what else is in PRS is library at that price yeah. you know the you know PRS SE pause guitar yeah. right that's the same price mm-hmm. or even the SE custom 22s 24s they're beautiful looking guitars absolutely you know okay okay it's veneers and and all of that but they're stunning looking guitars mm-hmm. with the same quality but you know if you were to hold up a PRS Silver Sky SE yeah. and and, and a Paul's guitar to, to a lay person and say, tell me which one of these guitars you think costs more. Yeah. 10 out of 10 people would say the Paul's guitar. Of course. It just, it just looks like a beautiful guitar. Yeah. It looks more expensive. So I still think they've gone in too high, but yeah. um, I think the justification is, is that the John Mayer fans will still buy it. It's yeah. still, it's still a third of the price of the real Silver Sky, but I still think it, it doesn't, it doesn't warrant being as expensive as a, as a Paul's guitar or an SE car. 24 yeah. based on based on the next alternative from another supplier mm. and indeed stuff in their own SE range. I don't know. I don't know. What am I saying? What am I saying? Do I like it or do I, I not? Well, this is the thing, right? It's hard because it's, it, it's some people are going to love it. I think inadvertently PRS have maybe devalued the bolt-on range of guitars slightly. Maybe, well, no, not the bolt-on range. I think they've devalued the Silver Sky Core model slightly. But I think mm. people, some people will think, well, what am I paying for when I go for the $2,000 version, $2,500 version? If I can get what people are saying is not just ballpark, but the sound of that guitar with a slightly different feel and an origin um, for, you know, a third of the price, more or less. Mm. It is a third of the price, pretty much. 
Um, so I think this, the, they've inadvertently devalued the Silver Sky, maybe. They probably won't experience that because I'm sure the market, you know, people still buy what, what they want to buy. They still covet things that really... I mean, if people are going out there and still spending five grand on Murphy Lab guitars, then people don't really care about inherent value. They care about what they covet and, and love and what they really desire. Right? So I yeah. don't think that side of the market's affected. This guitar is going to be bought, I think, 90% of the time by people who are huge John Mayer fans or at least really, really love that sound that he has and can't <laughs> just access the full-fat USA model. That's what it's going to be bought by. And I think 10% of people that buy it are going to buy it because, well... They see it as another, um, you know, valid option in their arsenal of guitars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the the not the more intelligent buyer, because that's an insulting thing to say, but I think the more kind of um, somebody who's maybe t- approaching buying a guitar with a more uh, a, a less, you know, a more dispassionate mindset about wanting to buy a tool, an instrument that is a, a tool for them, something that they need in their arsenal, and they have a set budget and they're open to all considerations, I don't think it's going to be something that people are going to see as a worthy buy. I think they're going to find value in other instruments from Fender, mm. maybe even other people doing great guitars like Reverend doing some fantastic guitars in that range as mm. well that are similar you know G&L um, you know you can get US origin G&L Strat style guitars at that price range mm. um, as well and G&L is practically Fender you know I mean it's yeah. George and Leo George Fullerton and Leo Fender started that company um, you know long after they left Fender so I think I think we've um, I think we've discussed it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where we came out though in terms of is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Do we like it? Do we not like it? I think I think you know once these arriving guitar shops finally here in the UK, we'll go and try it and sit and see what we like of it. But um, yeah, I still think it's a cool guitar, and I still yeah. think you know it's a lot cheaper than the than the core version. So for people that are after a Silver Sky yeah. in a more accessible way and want to play slow dancing in a burning room uh, without having to raid their, their their entirety of their savings, then, then there you there go. You go. I th- I think it's best. I think it's all positive for us, right? For people <laughs> on the buyer side of the counter in the music shop, yes. I think it's all positive for yes. us. I think PRS have done a fantastic thing. I think John Mayer has done a fantastic thing in making what is his signature guitar uh, more accessible. But I think yeah. your point about about it, you know, about still being a Strat. Why is it a Strat and it's so expensive? The call I'm mm. I think it raises a little few more questions about that still. Still does. Anyway, I feel so good to have that conversation. Did a whole We've episode on one guitar. This. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We've been chatting about this on text for all week, little things. Let's talk about it on the podcast. I've been waiting for this conversation. It's been brilliant. Yeah. The, the irony being that, you know, we're discussing the like PR machinery that's gone behind this and, you yeah. know, what, what, what that all means. And yet we have dedicated an entire Guitar Smarts podcast episode to the, to the Silver it's Sky SC. So, you know, we, we are, we are part of the, the inherent problem. <laughs> Yeah, we are. We are. But I mean, I'd, I'd love to play one. I'm going to leave it there. I think yeah. that, yeah. you know, the only other thing for us to do is to go to a guitar store, which we desperately need to do sometime yeah. soon, mate. We need I'm to go ready and waiting, to a guitar mate. store. I'm ready and waiting. What are you doing this afternoon? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating Guitar Village this afternoon. When they're in when they're in stock at Guitar Village, let's let's meet up there and, um, and we'll go and play some and, and have Great. a chat about them. Good stuff. All right, buddy. Lovely to speak to you today. Yeah, you too, mate. Have a cracking week. Cracking week. Yeah. Weekend. Yeah, Take care of yourself. Looking forward to having another catch up next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speak soon. Speak soon, buddy. Take All it the easy. Best, mate. Ta-da. 
Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Guitar Smarts podcast. I imagine we've probably split the room on what people think about this new guitar from PRS, but we are really interested to hear about what you think about it. Let us know in our social media pages on either Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to know what the consensus is on this guitar. Check out the links in our description. You can find our social media pages, merch, store, and much more there. It's well worth a look. Anyway, until the next episode, have a great week. See you soon. Thank you.